0: So as we prepare for the scripture this morning, I wanted to ask you, as you were growing up, what were your favorite Bible stories? Or if you had to choose one, what was your favorite Bible story growing up? I know yours, Gene, and it's this one, right? Oh, it's the Samuel one. God calling Samuel. Anybody else? Favorite Bible story growing up? No one has... He was just so intimidated by this question. Come on, Betty, you had a favorite. favorite. Really? Uh Okay. What was it? Jonah and the whale or big fish. (laughs) Right. Okay. Anybody else? Yeah, Dorothy. What was it? Oh, Naomi and Ruth. Right. Others? Well, I will tell you, this was my favorite. I've told you before, I was the second smallest person at Highland Junior High. And so this was my heroic story, that if he could do it, maybe I could do it. And this is the story of David and Goliath. And when you're small and tiny and get beat up a lot, you think, well, maybe, maybe there's hope. Please. So we're going to hear this amazing story in absolute biblical Graphic detail, read to us by Jean.
1: David said to Saul, let no one's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are just a boy. And he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And whenever a lion or a bear came and took a lamb from the flock, I went after it and struck it down, rescuing the lamb from its mouth. And if it turned against me, I would catch it by the jaw, strike it down and kill it. Your servant has killed both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, since he has defied the armies of the living God. David said, The Lord who saved me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will save me from the hand of this Philistine. So Saul said to David, Go, and may the Lord be with you. Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a bronze helmet on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. David strapped Saul's sword over the armor and he tried in vain to walk for he was not used to them. Then David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these for I'm not used to them. So David removed them. Then he took his staff in his hand And chose five smooth stones from the wadi and put them in his shepherd's bag in the pouch. His sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. The Philistine came on and drew near to David with his shield-bearer in front of him. When the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. The Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the wild animals of the field. But David said to the Philistine, You come to me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. This very day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you down and cut off your head and I will give the dead bodies of the Philistine army this very day to the birds of the air and to the wild animals of the earth so that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel And that all this assembly may know that the Lord does not save by sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. When the Philistine drew near to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. David put his hand in his bag, took out a stone, slung it, and struck the Philistine on his forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, striking down the Philistine and killing him. There was no sword in David's hand. Holy wisdom, holy word.
0: Thanks be to God. You know, I I have four children, and... when they heard that story, Ben, who is too smart sometimes for his own good, would always ask me the question, well, how deep did it sink in, Dad? (laughs) Uh, Stories are so important for us, friends. And and I will tell you, speaking of my children, every Thanksgiving as we gather, now it's tougher for Adam because he's usually gone, um, but, but... Every Thanksgiving, as we move from the meal to dessert, it's like Passover for the Beeman family, is because Cora, our youngest, always says, "Okay, Dad, tell us the stories. And I know what she's referring to. And the first one that they want to hear about is me getting kicked out of the Mormon temple in Salt Lake City. I wasn't Mormon. I was obnoxious the second which is their second favorite story and by the way I'm not telling that story or probably this one either in church it's not going to be a sermon illustration it's i was just really obnoxious the second is the terrible awful violent rooster story that came against me and with my slingshot i slung the stone it wasn't a stone it was a it was more like a wrench about this big, and this rooster just kept attacking, and I finally flung the wrench and got the rooster. It did not kill it, but it, it's it's their stories. Stories are amazing things. They're powerful, are they not? I, I think of again having having Rachel and Noel here this morning just takes me right back. I can see the wedding day like it was yesterday, and the beauty of it, and then the reception, and just it was just an amazing time. And and that's what happens when we share stories. The, the issue is, and, and particularly I think of, of things coming up right now, most often the time that we hear the most detailed stories of someone's life is after they're gone. Is it a memorial service? And how often over 25 years of being a pastor, I've heard people say, I didn't know that. I didn't know they were related to that. I didn't know that they experienced that. I didn't know that they did that for a living. I didn't know that they knew them. I mean those kinds of details. The other thing, what happens when we share our stories is that our relationships have a tendency to go deeper. And the trust level is increased in those relationships. And that allows us to risk even more. And I will tell you this year from here all the way through to June we're going to talk about stories and community and Christ and how all of them interweave with each other and some of them going back even to these old biblical stories of what is it that God expects of us? What is it that God seeks in us and with us? And it's the stories that help us remember as we share them together. The significance of all of that. And this morning, I, I, at first service, and it was, it was so neat because it, it was a, a pretty full group this morning. And on the table were, were two smaller versions of the, the knotted rope, the clamshell, and what every knot meant. And we walked through all of that at first service and then had people forward come forward and lay hands on Ginny and Benny, a couple who had walked the Camino, um, I think it was three weeks ago, were here with them, friends of theirs. Uh, Jenny Andrews, who had walked it, I think it was four years ago, was here also to participate in that. And it was so amazing that as we were at the cabin um, the last three weeks, day before yesterday, a friend up there who is a covenant pastor happened to walk down as I'm doing some work out in the front, and we were talking about churches. He's doing interim work. He's retired but doing interim work in Mount Vernon. And, and and I said, yeah, this is what we're doing Sunday. And he said, well, Donna and I, his name is Bill, Donna and I are going to go walk the Camino in two weeks. And would you be willing to pray for us? Well, we're going to do more than pray for them, We're also tying ropes for them, and we'll send those to him or hand deliver them before they go. Why do we do that? It's what I said to the kids. Friends, we all need reminders, don't we? I just want you to imagine a world or even ourselves if we were to do something like what this rope represents. And if every day when we got up, we went through the prayers signified by each of these knots. And I'm going to walk through them with you. And then at night, at the end of our day, we would pray it again. If we opened our day with prayer and asked for God to guide us and closed our day with prayer and thank God for that day, how different would our lives be? And especially this prayer. And so I, I'm going to walk through it with you. This is a tradition that goes back a long time um, of the knotted rope. Again, simple, somewhat rough um, as reminders. And let me walk through First is this cross. It's a cross. Often it's a crucifix. It is to remind us of our life and faith. And the prayer begins in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I offer this day in the name of God. And then we go to the next four small knots. Now I've changed it because of Aldersgate, but it's very, very similar to the three knots that they normally put. Blessed be the Lord Christ who has called me on this pilgrimage. And then we go through, And remind me of the faith that you seek from me. The love that I have for others. Remind me of the health of my body. And that this pilgrimage is to help me remember that I too am to live a healthy life. And remind me that part of my role is to serve others. Then the big one. The next large knot, and this is specific to the Camino, Santiago, as I journey toward your city in the love of Christ, bless my road, bless my Camino. And then ten small knots begins with this, Christ, thank you for being my constant companion. Knot number one, my guide at the crossroads, my breath when I'm weary, my food when I'm hungry, my water when I'm thirsty, my protection in danger, my shade in the heat, my shelter in the rain, my light in the darkness, my comfort when discouraged. And then specifically for those guys, thank you, God, for the other person with whom I'm walking this Camino or the person that I'm remembering for being also my constant companion. Large knot, then. My lady of Rancevea, grant me your motherly protection and comfort as I walk then another 10 small knots. Help me to be honest in all things, taking every opportunity to help others, to be patient and kind, to give generously by putting the needs of others ahead of my own, to persevere in the face of adversity, to practice self-control in thought, word, and deed, to keep my sense of humor in all situations to be humble and appreciative for what is given me, to treat others as I would have them treat me, and to quietly bear pain and hardship. The next large knot, may the Lord Christ protect me throughout my journey and walk with me. Large knot, and may God, the God who has created all things, bless, fill, and grant me peace as I walk on this journey. Small knot, under the bright, blessed star's of God's creation my goal of being like Christ ever before me and my goal is before me the Cathedral of Santiago de Compostela, and then the cross all in the name of the Father Son and Holy Spirit amen it is amazing what this can represent Do you remember the story again of Goliath? And he went out and selected before where Gene began to read five small stones that were perfect for the sling. He spent time choosing those perfectly and put them in his pouch to be prepared. The the part of the story that I like more than any other part Is the fact that he did not... Well, first of all, I have this picture of this little guy wearing this kingly armor, dragging some big sword behind him, thinking, I can't do this. This is not who I am. He takes off the armor. He tosses the sword aside. But here's the key then. He doesn't wait for the giant to come to him. He runs toward that giant. Friends, we all have giants, don't we? We all have giants that we have to face. But the beauty of something even as simple as a knotted rope to remind us that we are never, ever, ever alone in facing those giants. Some of those giants are huge, like facing the death of a daughter or overcoming addiction. I've shared with you before, right now I'm in counseling with five young adult men all under the age of 30 all of whom are, are dealing with heroin addiction. All of them. And it's this incredible growing problem in the Northwest. That's a giant for them. And there are those in the congregation who are families of some of those, and we pray for them. My role is to give them good stones so that they too, along with the help of us, can slay that giant. Some of the giants are small. It's like eating the wrong foods or those kinds of things that we can, in fact, overcome. But it's still making the decision to run toward those, equipped with what we need to overcome those giants as well. So what are the giants that you're facing? What are you doing to remind you that you're not alone? What are you doing to define that this next step in this journey... This next step in this journey, you will have what you need. But that requires action on our part and reminders like these biblical stories. I want to close by just saying, you know, we continue to pray for the Olympic Games. We had a gold medalist in church this morning uh, from Beijing. Uh, It was uh, Denise and David uh, Michelson's daughter. Um, It's just amazing to have that on this day as we're talking about health and giants and those kinds of things. And I, I understand that your son was in Rio. Is that right? Our grandson. What? Our grandson. Your grandson, yeah. Your, Grand. yeah. your grandson, and he was target? I was shooting. shooting. Yeah, two different events. That's fantastic. I mean, the, what it requires to even get there is the kind of discipline that we're talking about. It's not easy. And what is it about life Where the whole idea of Ryan Lotke, right, somehow takes over the news of the Olympics when in fact the incredible, overwhelming things that happen at those games in such positive ways are where the focus needs to be. We so often, and I'm so guilty of this, of focus on the negative rather than the incredible positive responses and accomplishments that happen in lives. And so we pray tonight as the closing ceremony happens, just for all the Olympians, all of those who are... And, and I will tell you that, that Don Fadden at prayer time, at first service, raised his hand, and let's thank God that, that God was there. He said that as you watch the 4 by 100 relay women uh, from the United States, after they won the gold medal, what was the first thing they did, other than waving and celebrating is they gathered into a circle, and as was their custom, they prayed and thanked God for what was done. Thank God for that. Gosh, friends, that's what we need to do, is that we gather as community and pray and lift up others and support each other through this. We celebrate the stories that that sometimes take us back ten years with the addition of three children. We celebrate the history of of just what this church is and continues to be. But first, we have to remind ourselves, all of it is a gift of God. And whatever it takes to be reminded, we need to take that on, whether it's knots or prayer or reading or sharing stories. Amen. Amen.